Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour one. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I hope you're ready for a weekend. It's official. Today is an open line day. Your job is to make me look good. So if you have questions about things, you can call in today. We don't really care about the topic. Why? Because Charlie's in the woods. So, you know, I've got a great team around me. I've been very blessed over the years. Uh, Charlie and Philip both stalked me over the internet. Now they won't let me meet people like that anymore. Uh, <laughs> funny how that works. Real, or literally, when I first got into radio, Charlie reached out to me on Twitter and he says, hey, man, you need somebody to, to get your coffee? Well, you know, he flew down from, from – he was living in Missouri, but he's from Montana. came down here, earned his keep with me at the Republican convention in Tampa in 2012. And, and I was so impressed. The pig farmer boss was so impressed. Uh, I finally negotiated my contract. like, we got to hire this guy. And well, then he was like, you got to stop pe- meeting people over Twitter. Well, then Philip reached out and, and – well, they've both kind of become indispensable in my life. I, I mean, they both – I mean, are kind of indispensable. That it, and of course, of course, they have timed days off exactly so that they are they are gone today. But I have the indispensable team of Jim and Ann who are going to be with us today. Charlie is way out in the woods, no cell phone range, so I can take top. I can take calls on pretty much anything as long as you're sane, sober, and and have an articulate point. And he won't even know. Philip is on the baby-making cruise where that that already happened. So basically, this is the cruise where his wife gets declared him for drinking margaritas that she can't. Baby, it became a baby moon cruise. Um, they'll be back next week. So it's 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 me here, and then I'm going to go hit golf balls and smoke large amounts of cigars this afternoon by myself. The weather is just gorgeous. I'm tired of people. But in the next three hours, you can call. But first, but first, the big headline and uh, the phone number again, 877-973-7425. Donald Trump listened. The Politico has the story. He will now unleash millions of his $99 million into the midterm cycle. Uh, He has set up a new pack, MAGA Inc., It will become the primary vehicle for Trump's operation to engage in political activity in 2022. The outfit is designed to funnel large sums into key races. The organization provided the clearest indication yet of how Trump plans to engage during the final stretch of the midterms. Now, his money, about $100 million, it's $99 million, is in Save America PAC. This new super PAC can see Save America PAC have that money transferred to MAGA Inc., Make America Great Again Inc., and pour in the money. Now, this is the notable part here. He has put Chris Lasivita in the mix. For those of you who don't know, I know Chris. Chris is a, a fantastic dude. Uh, he, in 2020 ran the biggest spending pro-Trump super PAC, and he's going to be the chief strategist for these last seven weeks. Tony Fabrizio, the pollster who worked for Trump, he's going to oversee the polling. Uh, When you have uh, Tony and Chris combined in a super PAC, you tend to be able to do wonderful things, and this is really good. So between the two of them, they're going to be able to direct large sums of money into numbers of races at the end in order to engage 
in the last seven weeks of campaign. Democrats are a little bit perturbed this morning over the news. And, of course, they're going to try to leak Trump to everything. But this Trump team is smart enough. I mean, Chris Lacivitas is is a brilliant guy. He's not going to take the bait. He's going to focus on the things that matter. In Pennsylvania today, if you subscribe to the stack of stuff today, you would see this as, as the top story. The local news there is reporting that John Fetterman is a uh, tax deadbeat. This is the latest story to come out of uh, the Fetterman campaign. Over the years, Fetterman and a community group he heads called Braddock Redux have been hit with tax liens totaling $25,000. Fetterman owned houses in North Braddock, Pennsylvania, until he sold them in the last few years. Court records reveal liens totaling $11,916 were filed against properties owned by Fetterman. While all of that is happening over in Nevada, again, if, if the, the stack of stuff, uh, you can text the word data to 33777 and see it, uh, the Latino vote in Nevada could lead to the Republican Senate majority. In July, Quinnipiac University released a poll that showed Biden's approval rating among Latino voters at 19% and a disapproval rating at 70%. Daniel Garza, president of the Libre Initiative, a nationwide Latino outreach organization, shared that with majorities of Latinos expressing their belief that America is headed in the wrong direction and feeling the pain of runaway inflation, it's no surprise to see a political realignment benefiting the GOP happening in real time. The Latino base that Democrats have relied upon for years is dwindling. Garza added a recent Pew post-election voter survey showed that just 20% of Latino voters described themselves as liberal, while 45% said they were moderate, 35% identified as conservative. A similar poll from 2012 showed it was 30%, 31%, and 32% respectively. Now, the big concern for Democrats here is that... The Latino vote increasingly is identifying itself as conservative or moderate, not liberal, as the Democrats go further woke. All of these things Donald Trump can capitalize on, but there's one story bigger than any other story out there regarding this and what Trump can capitalize on, and it's actually a breaking news happening right now. The Dow Jones Industrial Average has now plunged to 580 points down. Uh, Wait, nope, I'm sorry, I just refreshed. It's now down 631 points. The NASDAQ is down 250 points. The S&P 500 down almost 100 points. It's down 85 right now, just bounced, blipped up a little bit. The Dow has hit a two-year low on recession worries. This is from Reuters. The U.S. Federal Reserve, having raised interest rates 75 basis points earlier this week, vowing to keep inflation in check, has caused the market jitters. The blue chip index was close to falling 20% below its June 4, January 4 record closing high, which would confirm the index has been in a bear market at the close, according to a commonly used definition. The S&P 500 confirmed it was in a bear market in June. The NASDAQ entered a bear market in March. At 10.08 a.m. Eastern Time, the Dow was down 408 points. Um, Yeah, markets are bad 
they actually the markets it, it blipped up to twenty nine fifty uh, five fourteen at twelve, and then nosedived. Um, after that, it's down over six hundred points right now. The Fed says that it will continue the pain. The market digesting all of it. The markets are not happy. Uh, and this is all happening while Joe Biden is president. And the Democrats, of course, are in charge of everything in Washington. So Donald Trump will enter, pour millions of dollars into the races in the last seven weeks. And where Republicans could have blamed him, they can now credit him for coming in and pouring so much money into the races at the end. And the Democrats just continue to continue to give the Republicans ammunition on this. They continue to be boneheaded in their dealing with the economy. They don't really have an inflation plan. The best thing the Democrats have going for them right now is to scream about abortion, and it's not really working for them at this point. It's just simply not working for them. The Democrats better pray that Donald Trump himself stands at the forefront and that Donald Trump himself is somehow makes this about himself. But I think the team he has around him makes it very hard for them to do that. The team they have around them in this new super PAC, MAGA Inc., is a really good, polished Republican team. And on top of this, you have the economic situation. You have the president unwilling to accept how bad it is. They've got Janet Yellen out there now. She had this conversation in The Atlantic uh, essentially saying inflation's going to go down. And if it doesn't go down, well, blame Vladimir Putin. Well, I, I, I believe it's going to come down, certainly next year. Although, let's be clear, there are risks Um the mm -hmm. Russian invasion of Ukraine hasn't come to an end. Um, we're seeing uh, Putin weaponize oil and gas um, in fighting this war. So um, we remain vulnerable to supply shocks. But um, I think the Fed is clearly committed to bringing inflation down, and I expect that to be successful. It's 2023 will be a better year. I think it'll be bet I think it'll be better. I mean, two percent is the um, goal, and perhaps we don't get there next year. But um, I certainly expect to see inflation come down. What we might not get there next year, she says. Two percent's the goal. So, in other words, the Fed may keep raising rates even beyond next year, according to Janet Yellen, who used to be the chair of the Federal Reserve. Oh. That's bad. Listen to this over at Fox Business for some perspective. Consumer inflation okay, might have cooled a tiny bit last month, but grocery prices haven't cracked a bit. The U.S. Department of Agriculture releasing its price outlook for August and food prices rose 13.5% year over year. That is the largest jump since 1979. But it's the cost of eggs. If you break all of it out, you know, whether it's bacon or fish, Eggs led the report a striking 30% jump annually. Let's take it live to Madison Allworth at the Puglisi Egg Farm in Howell, New Jersey, because now there is yet another problem that is driving price of eggs higher. 
Liz, that's absolutely correct. So, of course, labor has increased, materials has increased, but the big thing that is driving eggs so much higher than any other food item is the avian influenza. This virus has been spreading across the U.S., and it is killing millions of egg-laying hens. What this means is the hens and their eggs that are left, they are jumping up in price. To give you some context for that price, a dozen grade A large eggs going to cost you around $3.11 today. Last August, they cost you $1.70. Here at Publisi Egg Farms, they turn around 12.6 million eggs a week, and they cannot keep up with the increased demand. New potential customers are turning to them because when their supplier is hit with avian influenza, it can take more than six months for them to get back to the egg-laying business. Avian flu is the big, is the major component right now, and uh, so you have had a loss of production. It's huge. It's huge because once you get it, you you are completely shut down. You have to you have to uh, you have to you have to clean up the whole farm completely. You have to clean out, take all the birds out, destroy the eggs, destroy the feed. Everything is uh, you're you're out of business. Oh, avian flu! It's like we're living revelation, isn't it? We got monkeypox, we got the return of polio, we've got COVID, now we've got the avian flu. It's only a matter of time before we have another swine flu outbreak. Uh, All of these pandemics in animals and people spreading around the world, driving up prices, uh, causing food shortages, causing uh, hunger around the world, and all of this is coming as the Democrats control all of Washington. We are seven weeks away from a midterm election, and the polling is very rapidly shifting back towards the GOP. You don't want to celebrate bad news. You shouldn't celebrate bad news. It's not good for any of us. But the political implications still have to be assessed, and the political implications are not good for the Democrats and good for the Republicans right now. They kind of pushed out Trump in, in August with the Mar-a-Lago stuff, and well, now that's putting the Democrats back on defense as the economy comes roaring back into the headlines, as right now the markets are crashing. You know, you can subscribe to my email by texting DATA to 33777 and get the link back. Now, uh, boy, do we have a lot to talk about. We're going to do an open line Friday here, 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. I've been remiss on some of your calls this week. Let's see here. I've got time to go on and take a phone call. I want to start with Chip. You're going to be up first today, Chip. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot. I certainly appreciate you putting me on. Um, got a question. Something was brought up this week uh, about one of the states. I think it was Texas about uh, passing something the beginning of the year about invasion. And how the southern border needs to be looked at as more of an invasion instead of a uh, humanitarian crisis that's going on. Um, if my memory serves me correctly, and I think you brought this up a numerous amount of times, we are getting the fentanyl that is coming through or from China that is actually going through Mexico. Mm-hmm. And without firing a bullet, a bullet, we are killing you know, our young people. And this is more of an intentional instead of an accidental. Look, I, why I, can that not be? Go ahead. Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm glad you say this because I don't have any doubt in my mind 
that the Chinese know what's going on and they don't care. Um, and he, he taking advantage of mental health crises in this country and the drug cartels getting rich off of the spread of fentanyl, uh, the number of American teens and, and adults getting killed by this stuff. It's, it's terrible. The fact that Joe Biden's administration will not do anything about it is actually uh, the, the worst part of it. Um, I, I want to actually play you this clip here, Chip. This is uh, Chris Magnus, who is the commissioner for Customs and Border Patrol in the Biden administration, talking on uh, NBC News about the border. I think uh, people across the country should know that it's not chaos here. I think that it's not chaos, really. That's That's... Commissioner Magnus of the Border Patrol suggesting it's not actually chaos. Now, here is the other part of that NBC News report. With Border Patrol and local shelters over capacity, immigration officials here have released nearly 1,300 migrants onto the street in the past two weeks. We witnessed roughly 100 being dropped off by the city at a nearby hotel. Wow. That's under control? Really? Here's one Texas business owner. It it just feels like we're completely overrun and we've lost control of everything. At least I know that. That that here it's you're helpless. You're helpless. And and those people that say that we don't have a problem, you come live in Eagle Pass for a few weeks and you'll see it. And you'll understand how awful and insecure it feels. I've been a member of the community for over 50 years. I'm a second generation owner to a barbecue business in town that it's called the Wagon Wheel. We are off the main highway. I also have a property as well that's been in the family for over 26 years. And I've just not only has my business been broken into and ransacked, it's just... The insecurity now, you know, you don't feel safe at home anymore. That last part was on Fox News Digital, the one with the music background of this lady talking. The others were NBC News, like with Lester Holt, NBC Nightly News. They're starting to cover it. They have to cover it. Why? Because Ron DeSantis did his stunt, sort of making them cover it. Uh, And they can't get away from it now. And the result is that attention is going up. In the last week, Google searches about crime and the border have increased as searches about abortion have decreased. They're pivoting back to the Republican playbook for the midterms. And now Trump's money's coming in. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson, The Eric Erickson Show. It's going to be an open line Friday, 877-973-7425. Let's go back to the phone. Steve, you are going to be up next today. Steve, welcome to the show. Hi, Eric. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. What's going Um, on? So I'm going to disagree with you, but before I do, I want to... I uh, tell you that I'm a fellow believer. I am greatly encouraged by your show uh, every day. I mostly agree with the things that you say. I appreciate you out there fighting the good fight. And then sometime in eternity, I hope we can catch up. I'd like to sit around and talk about a lot of other things. I got to tell but, you, man, that's the greatest buildup to a butt I have ever heard in radio. <laughs> here comes the monkey. Here comes the monkey. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'll allow it. But, 
But I tend to think you lean more towards the establishment Republican point of view, which we out here are so tired of, and that's why we support Trump. Yesterday you made the argument that we should be mad at Trump because he hasn't spent $100 million on the candidates that he supported. The only reason those candidates are out there is because Trump fought the good fight for four years, not just against the Democrats, but against the federal government, especially the DOJ and the FBI, and the establishment Republicans. And that carries a lot of weight. He supported those candidates in the primary. They won. And now it's McConnell and the Republican Party uh, Republican Party's job to get these guys elected. Quit asking Trump to spend that money. And I think the reason he's not is everybody wants him to spend this, that, that PAC money because you don't hear anyone talking about Ron DeSantis and all the money he has. In, all the, I'm sorry. No, Sorry about no. that. Of course, everybody's calling. <laughs> no, but, no, <laughs> that's fine. Nope. There I was like, oh, I hear it. Okay, so let, let's talk about this one. So, let, you know, I, I, I try to thread the needle on this one because I was the guy who helped recruit Matt Bevan to run against Mitch McConnell in 2014. Uh, and he actually got sidelined on Fox News for a number of years uh, because Mitch McConnell's wife was on the board. And they wouldn't have me on. She complained so much. So there's not a lot of love loss. Uh, my frustration is that if you want to sideline McConnell, you got to spend the money. I'm glad today he's come out and said he is going to spend the money uh, because I'm not on Team McConnell and never have been. I, I've tried to beat him a number of times. But when you rely on him to get these candidates indebted to him, then suddenly you've made him more powerful instead of marginalizing him. At the same time, there's only so much money these outside groups have. Uh, so take the Senate Leadership Fund. They've got about $100 million or so. They've spent almost all of it. Uh, and they're having to pull back from, for example, Blake Masters and redirect it to Herschel Walker and to Dr. Oz because their polling suggests they have a better chance. So I, I, I wouldn't say I'm on the establishment side, and I understand why you can see why it sounds like that sometimes. I'm just trying to make sure everybody understands what's actually going on out there. I don't want to see Kevin McCarthy and, and Mitch McConnell and Bolden because I think they're going to stab us in the back as they always have. Well, may I respond to that? Oh, yeah, please. Well, but see, my, but you framed the argument against Trump. You said we should be mad at Trump. We should not be mad at Trump. I mean, if you're going to call him to give money, then call DeSantis to give money. Here's the issue I have with DeSantis, because Trump, I think, has his eye on the presidency, as does DeSantis. And DeSantis would love for Trump to spend all his money, So, because I think DeSantis has more. And I think if you look at it, it's big money dollars that have gone into DeSantis. And here's my issue with DeSantis. When, when, when they came in in Mar-a-Lago uh, Mar and raided Trump, I heard nothing. It was in his state, and it, tell me to play me the audio where DeSantis stood up and said, this is, a, this is ridiculous, this cannot happen. He went quiet for seven days, didn't hear anything from him. He is a, I'm afraid he's a uh, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing. 
sitting there waiting to stab us in the back too because everybody loves DeSantis. So that's kind of my take. I, I don't disagree with all the other stuff. The issue I had is you're framing it to say we should be mad at Trump. Well, okay. We should be mad at Trump. So He's still fighting the good fight. Here's why and I, I say, and, and, well, look, I, I appreciate it, Steve. And, and w- w- my issue there with being mad at Trump is now that he's going to spend the money, don't be mad at him. But he was raising money to spend in 2022. DeSantis's money is different because it's a political organization in Florida designed for his reelection this year. He's raised a ton of that money, but because it's a state fundraising account and not a federal fundraising account, he can't spend that money under Florida law in the way Trump can spend his money because DeSantis's money has been raised to get him reelected and he's limited in this fund by the amount of money under federal and state law that he can spend on other candidates. He can only max out $4,000 on other candidates because of the legal structure that he's bound by running for governor. Trump set up a super PAC, and that super PAC has unlimited campaign uh, spending abilities. Now, he's going to spend the money, so it revises the argument from yesterday. But that was that was my point here. I, I'm, I'm not as distrustful of De- as I used to actually be really distrustful of DeSantis. I'm not as much anymore. Um, but DeSantis's money, you can't – it's an apple and oranges comparison, if that makes sense. The DeSantis money is in a Florida account for reelection, and therefore the law treats it differently. So he can't spend that money in the way Donald Trump can spend his money nationally. Now, uh, back to the phones, 877-973-7425. Cindy, I'm glad you were patient because I wanted to get to your call. How are you? Fine, thank you. I appreciate you taking my call, and I love being a subscriber. Thank you. Um, <laughs> one quick comment, Tim, the guy that just was um, before me. I'm a Trump fan, but I'm also a DeSantis fan, and like you said, we could get DeSantis for eight years. But my question was about something you mentioned yesterday, too, about um, Stacey Abrams and the way she you know, is, is losing the black vote, et cetera. How long, I just wondered, how long can she drag things out this election? Um, you know, like she still didn't want to concede the last time. Oh, look, how this time she's going to say it was um, stolen from her. things out in court, uh, to, she, no matter how it turns out. Yeah, oh, she, Is look. There some sort of law about people dragging out election results. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, there is a, those cases, this is what I used to do for a living. This is a great, great um, story. So, uh, or great question. So, you have to the, once the elections are certified. Once the election is certified by the Secretary of State's office, which sometimes takes up to three to four weeks, you then have one week to file your case. And once you file that case, it is expedited. Every other case in court comes to a halt so that the election case can be heard. It has to be concluded by inauguration day. The Constitution sets the date of the inauguration. So if they can't litigate their case before Inauguration Day in January, her case is over. It doesn't matter. Um, Election cases take priority over every other case. They are expedited, and there is a date certain by which they have to be concluded. They can start them any time up to certification by the Secretary of State and for a week thereafter, and then you're done. Um, if you don't file it within that deadline, you, you've missed your chance because elections matter, because the republic matters, because swearing-in dates matter. Now, that being said, I don't think we're going to have a problem. I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, this is from, uh, who was it? I think, Tammy Bruce 
was on with um, Harris Faulkner. Let's see if I get this clip right. Right at this very moment is moves that muscle and that has begun development. Now, what they want, and this tells you something, they know that recognizing a heartbeat, the action of that body, the, the movement, the life emerging into it is a problem for them. So they want to dismiss it. They want to dehumanize that fetus as a baby. And that is, what does it tell you about the left? They want to dehumanize things. The right is trying, at least conservatives, to recognize the life uh, that we all live and that we experience. Uh, it's horrible. It was ghoulish. Uh, and this is what the Democrats do. It's unacceptable to liberals and conservatives alike. Well, now, I got to read you an email I got from a listener last night. I'm, I'm going to leave her name out of it. You know, here, um, Stacey Abrams said that it's not really a heartbeat. It's, it's a cardiac electrical pulse. The heart has not fully formed, and the ghouls out there wish to completely redefine life. This is an independent body able to generate an electrical pulse on its own to move muscle. That is a living organism. I need you to listen to this from a listener. Sir, whomever on your team is reading this, this was aired on Fox News as a clip. It's the Stacey Abrams clip. She said six-week heartbeats are an audio clip. No, they are not. I lost three babies. The ultrasound to hear that heartbeat are still precious to me and my husband. For her to say the heartbeat wasn't real, to have a politician attempt to rob me and my husband of the melody of their heartbeats, clinging to the hope we could carry them to term. We treasured each moment. I so desperately want to combat this lie. Perhaps my grief is raging at having listened to this lie. Politics are one thing, but to say their heartbeats were not real, she's wrong. If you haven't already, please speak about this issue. Please do not let her lie become the truth to so many. Thank you for reading this. This one really struck a nerve, and the Democrats trying to push back on it very ghoulishly, saying it's a cardiac rhythm. Okay, cardiac. What what is what is uh cardiac, huh? What 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 is cardiac? Uh of or relating to the heart. Cardiac. Where does the word cardiac come from? Old word. First known origin, 14th century. But where does it actually come from? From Greek or from Latin? Latin had uh, cardiacus. Greek had cardiacos. What is the root origin there? Well, the heart. The heart. Just because it's called cardiac, this is like saying male and female are sex and not gender. Cardiac, cardius, cardia, cardio. It's all about the heart. These are cardiac pulses. When you feel your heartbeat, that's a cardiac pulse. What the ultrasound is doing, that sound, 
the ultrasound isn't listening. It's not pulling a sound out. What it is, is it's measuring things. And when it gets on that cardiac rhythm, what it is, is it's a muscle expanding, contracting, expanding, contracting, expanding, contracting. And that causes the sonic wave to adjust in distance. And what you're hearing is that audio representation of the sonogram measuring that distance. It is the heartbeat as measured by a sound wave, represented by that sound wave. And Stacey Abrams has dismissed that and said it's nothing. It's it's a man-made sound so men can control our bodies. No, that's a baby. Its heart is developing. It's not where your or my heart is, but at that six weeks, it has developed that cardiac rhythm that you and I both have. It has begun on its own to generate electricity, an electrical pulse. It's a living organism, not yet breathing on its own, not yet out of the womb, but it's alive. The amount of ghoulishness that people like Stacey Abrams have to go through to try to avoid even recognizing that this is a human life, it's really, I mean, it is ghoulish. It is absolutely demonically ghoulish the way they have to rearrange and re- and pervert the entirety of language to avoid grappling with what does cardiac mean? Where does the word cardiac come from? The Greek and Latin for heart, because that's what it is, and that's what they're measuring. One of the groups out there that fights for the pro-life cause on these issues and raising awareness is Patriot Mobile. You do business with Patriot Mobile. They take a portion of their profits and they contribute to the pro-life cause, the Second Amendment cause, to the conservative movement. And they're putting points on the board for conservatives. And all you got to do is take your cell phone service there. You can get a new number from them. Use your existing number. All you do is go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. And look... They use the same cell towers everybody else uses, so you get guaranteed great service. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. You are more than welcome to call in about your random topical questions today on the things that I might not otherwise be covering. Right now, I want to go to Spencer. You are welcome to be on the program. Spencer, how are you? Hey, Eric. Fine. How are you? Great. Good. I love the show. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Hey, uh, you know, today's the first day of autumn. And so I was explaining my kids last night at dinner uh, how the earth goes around the sun. And so I'm walking around the dining room table with a globe in my hand and explaining it to them. And I got to wondering, how long do you think it's going to be before the environmentalists want to in an attempt to solve global warming or climate change, want to try to attempt to change the orbit of the Earth around the sun. (laughs) And it's going to take lots of taxpayer money to do it. Oh, undoubtedly so. You you know, there actually was a plan several years ago, I heard. I think it was one of the Bill Gates plans that essentially build the big solar shield like sunglasses for the Earth to reduce the amount of of, uh, infrared Heat coming through, of course, I mean, it would basically cost more than all the money on planet Earth to build something like that. Of course, you're uh-huh. doing it. By the way, I- I've been wondering, I-, I noticed that there are more Pride events scheduled right around now. Who decided, who had the sense of humor to put Pride events right before the fall showed up? I I, 
I just th- thought that was deeply ironic and a little bit hilarious. I was like, did anybody like? Did they do that on purpose? I thought we had all of that in June, and now we're back to it. And yeah, and then of course all these cooler never goes away. By the way, Spencer, you should know that like there is at least twenty stories I saw today in mainstream publications all about climate change. And how all the cool weather that we're suddenly getting is climate change, except, you know, there's a story out there, all that glacial melting and stuff. It turns out that the Arctic, the glaciers may be growing again, and scientists don't know why. Fascinating how all of that works, all the climate change. You know, I have over the years evolved on this issue to believe that there are 7, 8 billion of us on planet Earth. We live in symbiosis with the Earth. We probably affect the climate. And I can believe that it's warming because of us, but also that we're not the chief driver of this warming. And yet so many people on the left want to make us more powerful than we actually are on the planet we should be responsible. Like Rhonda Sanchez, I talked about this on Monday. Conserve. Be responsible. Don't be needlessly wasteful. But the whole idea that we have to go along with the left's climate change agenda, these people would want to do this stuff anyway. I mean, all they're doing is offering up their solutions for everything, and they're masking it under fear of climate change. The world's been way hotter than it is now. It's been way colder than it is now. We certainly play a role in that, I think. But I think we play a far less significant role than what the left would say we play. We're all in symbiosis on this planet together, and some of these systems are somewhat correcting of themselves. And yet they want us to freak out. They want us to uh, give up capitalism and the free market. They want us to have a command and control society. They want communism is what they want. A lot of communists used to be in the environmentalist movement. They've just kind of morphed it over time. Now, when we come back, uh, we got more to talk about. 877-973-7425 is the number. We do have to spend a little more time on the economy because there are a lot of numbers out there today that are giving people a lot of heebie-jeebies about where we're headed. And the Dow right now is almost down 700 points. It has fallen below 30,000.